the trick, okay, the secret to understanding different English speakers is by doing this one thing. And I'm going to teach you it in this podcast episode. You are listening to Living in English 365 by Paradigm English. Welcome to episode 94, Tips to Understanding Different English Dialects, an Ode to the Southern Accent. Paradigm English. What up, y'all? This is Ashley Roan from Paradigm English and the Living in English 365 podcast, where I help you reach an understandable level of English. What I mean is I help people speak better English and understand English better. That's what I'm here to do. I do this by focusing on speaking and accent and pronunciation, listening, and you guessed it, fluency. If you are new here, click the link in the description box to get your free gift. It's free just for listening. If you are returning I am super excited for you to be here. That means that you are serious about improving your English this year. Huzzah. Guess what? I'm here for you too. You're showing up and so am I. This episode is going to be a little bit different. So it's not necessarily for beginners. Sorry if you're a beginner. This one's not quite for you. Um, you can still listen. It's, it's really good, even if it's not quite uh, in your English level, but it's all right. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to help you understand different um, ways that people speak English. And the one I'm focusing on today is the Southern accent. So people from the Southern part of the United States. Now, this is a pretty big area and it covers more than a dozen states. And within those different states, I have to do a full disclaimer there are different accents, all right? So these are general rules, um, generalities, generalisms for people that are from this region. And I'm an expert on this because guess what? I'm from the South. I am from Oklahoma. So I have a Southern accent. And usually when people are talking about a Southern accent, they're talking about a Southern drawl. That drawl is the tip that we are going to work on today. And you're going to actually learn some, some new phrases. So I really should have said, these are new phrases that you're going to learn, including tips. So <laughs> you get a double, a double whammy here. All right. So the number one thing you need to know when, when you're um, working with people who uh, speak like this, and it's not just us because obviously English is not native to North America. It came from, well, the UK and, you know, there's some other historical um, paths that it came from, but we're not going to get into that today. The number one thing you need to know about the Southern drawl, and this is the tip to understanding uh, people who speak a different dialect or a different way than you learned. Um, focus on the vowels. Mm -hmm. That will help you in all aspects. The vowels. The vowels are what make the Aussies sound completely different than the Brits and absolutely different from the uh, Americans, North Americans in general. Focus on the vowels. In particular, we're focusing on the South today. So the thing you need to know about that is that people from the South 
hold on to their vowels. They elongate them. So you heard me earlier say y'all, and I said vowels. Do you hear that? Vowels. It's not vowel. We, we hold that O sound for a little bit longer. The other thing is that we actually, if there's a word that ends in I-N-G, we just don't say the G. I'm gonna, uh, instead of going to. In fact, we kind of smash that together. I'm going, um, fixing, uh, you know, things like that. So um, y'all heard me say y'all. Y'all is a contraction of you all. I'm pretty sure nobody says you all in the South unless they're not from the South. Um, People actually make fun of us. They tease us um, for saying y'all, but actually it's gender neutral. I don't know why people are being so rude about it. It's really, actually I do know why. Um, People from the South are seen as being ignorant or stupid, backwards um, and uneducated. So that's why people make fun of us. Anyway, now you know um, the most common thing is y'all. Y'all. Say it with me. Y'all. Now, I'm from Oklahoma, and as I said, there are different accents. In Oklahoma, we have more of a twang um, along with our drawl. So the twang is kind of a little bit more nasal. It's It's a more nasal language. So if your language is nasally, Maybe you might want to consider focusing on um, the twang from the South. Other places that have twang would be Arkansas, Texas, um, even Missouri, somewhat, and a, a ton of other places as well. I think another really common um, phrase from the South is bless your heart. Bless your heart. Oh, you know, you hurt your foot today. Oh, bless your heart. I'm so sorry for you. Bless your heart. We also have something interesting with the R's where we don't, um, they're not uh, rhotic or rhotic. In my dialect in general, if there's an R on the end of the word, we're going to pronounce it like river. It's not river. River, river, or river for standard accent. I, hopefully you can hear the difference there. Um, when we say bless your heart, it actually kind of has two meanings. One is um, positive and it literally means bless your heart. Um, bless your heart. There's, there's nothing else to explain there. The other one is kind of a passive aggressive way of saying, oh, you suck. You, you're trash. Oh, bless your heart. Mm. So, um, once you are around the language more, you'll you'll definitely see, uh, <laughs> you'll be able to tell the difference. Another one that you might hear and that your English teachers have, I'm very sure, told you is incorrect English. Well, it's incorrect if it's if you're speaking standard English, which nobody speaks. We all speak a special way. You already know that if you have been listening to this podcast um, for a number of episodes. Mike can. I might can do that. I might can help you at, ten, at two o'clock on Saturday. I might can. When somebody says the might can, it's it's a modal of possibility. So I know a lot of teachers say, oh, don't use a double modal. Yeah, well, you might can use it. <laughs> and you will hear this a lot. I say it. My my family says it. People in Oklahoma say it in Texas and, and Georgia. 
Um, there, there, it's a Southern thing. Actually, it may not be just a Southern thing, but you do hear it a lot more there. And it's a modal possibility. I might be able to do that. It's possible. It's a possibility. The next one is fixin' to. So remember I said earlier that we do not pronounce the G. So it's fixing to. Fixing to. Fixin' to. Notice that we reduce that O to. Fixin' to. Say it with me. Fixin' to. Oh, I'm fixin' to go to school. What you're about to do? I'm fixing to go work. So when we say this, it, it does have the same meaning as going to, where it's the immediate future. Immediately, I'm about to do this within the next one minute or five minutes, or it could be even an hour. No, I'm fixing to do that. No, don't do that. I'm, fix, I'm fixing to do it. The next one, I think you already know this one. It's ain't. Ain't, I know, is very, very informal. English, but you do hear it said a lot. Um, and it is part of this dialect. It's actually part of every dialect. It's not just us who says this. Um, but ain't. I ain't going to do that. Instead of I'm not going to do that. So the trick to understanding different English speakers is understanding the different ways that they say the same thing. I can say it very formally. I am not going to do that. I have no contractions there. Or I could say, I'm not going to do that. It can still be formal, but it's less formal than the one I just said. Or I could say, I ain't going to do that. And it's very, very colloquial. Okay, so that's one of the really important things that you never will learn in a textbook. I teach that in Fluency Academy. Join Fluency Academy. It will be back this spring. Um, if you want to work on getting your English to a very comfortable level and speaking and uh, listening, well, this is, this is your chance. So here's another phrase. The lights are on, but nobody's home. Let me say it again. The lights are on, but nobody's home. So it literally says the lights are on, but no one is home. The lights are on, but nobody's home. What that means. Can you guess? What does that mean? It means that somebody is just not intelligent. Their eyes are open. That's what they're talking about. The lights are on, but nobody's home, meaning they don't have a brain. They're stupid. So it is a very indirect and absolutely impolite, rude way to, to say that to somebody. And no, you don't have to be Southern to say this, but we do say it. The lads are on, but nobody's home. Means he's dumber than a box of rocks. This person is not smart, period. <laughs> Another one for people that drink alcohol. Um, if you don't drink alcohol, I'm sorry, but um, this is something to know. You will probably hear it in songs. You'll hear it in movies and TV series. Three sheets to the wind. And we're not the only ones to say this. I, um, I did a podcast episode on St. Patrick's Day in 2020. No, it wasn't. It was 2021. Sorry. With my Irish friend. He's from Northern Ireland, actually. So he's technically uh, British. But anyway, he, um, 
they have a phrase similar to this too, but three sheets to the wind means somebody is very, very, very drunk. Very drunk. Oh, Johnny came home three sheets to the wind last night, stinking to high hail, meaning that they smelled bad, to stink to high hail. I don't really know why it's high hell and not low hell, but whatever. Um, this person didn't smell good and they were extremely drunk. Three sheets to the wind. Three sheets to the wind. Three sheets to the wind. I also want to say, even though, um, you know, these, you can say these to anyone, it is very possible that not everybody will understand them. Because again, I said these are are specific to particular regions, but say them anyways, it's good for your English. Speaking of different regions, I also want to point out when you come to the United States, please understand if you go to a restaurant or like, I don't know, McDonald's or Burger King or something. Uh, I don't know why people do this. It's, I don't think we really do it in the area where I'm from in Oklahoma. So I'm from the capital, Oklahoma city, but towards the Southern part near Texas, they do this. If you go and you want to order a soft drink, meaning a, um, a soda or a pop, that's, that's a different argument there, which one to use soda and pop. But, um, a lot of people will call every drink Coke. Yes. Like Coca-Cola the waitress or waiter comes to your table and they say, hi, may I take your order? What drink would you like? Oh, let me have a Coke. Oh, okay. Which one? You have to specify exactly then which drink you want. So if it is Coke, well, I'm in Coca-Cola. If you want a root beer, which by the way, does not have any alcohol in it. It's an extremely sweet, soft drink. There's no beer in it. You can say that whatever it is, everything is Coke. Um, I think that's really annoying. I don't know why people do that, but whatever, you know, that's what they do. I say this one probably all the time if I'm with somebody or when I was teaching in the classroom, cut the lights, cut the lights off. Hey, you're, are you going out? Hey, can you cut the lights? Yeah, cut the lights off. Cut them lights off before you leave the room. If you didn't guess what it means, it means to turn the lights off. And for some reason, I don't know if this is British English or it's just um, some bad translation. I've heard a lot of people say close the lights. I can tell you 100% with 100% accuracy, never say that in the United States. That means nothing to us. We do not understand what that means. Close the lights. Yeah. Cut the lights off. Cut the lights. Kill the lights means the same thing. Kill the lights. Or turn the lights off. Turn the lights down. You can turn them down too. If, um, you know, there's a dimmer on them. Okay. So there actually are a lot more on this list. Um, I will probably make a blog post about this. So go to www.paradigmenglish.com. You can see a, a longer list. And um, I, yeah, this is pretty fun. This is just an ode to um, Southern English. And I really hope you enjoyed that one tip and practice these words to improve your fluency in English. Because remember, it's not just about saying a bunch of words. It's about being able to understand the culture behind it. You, I don't care, argue with me if you want to. You cannot separate culture and language. They have to go together. 
And I think next week, I'm actually going to the next episode, I should say, it's going to be kind of about, kind of about that. Just, um, you know, if I were learning English again, which I mean, I'm a native speaker, so I wouldn't learn English again. But if I were learning another language, this is this is what I would do. So stick around next week to learn about that. I'm Ashley Roan from ParadigmEnglish.com. Y'all, that's it. That's all I have for you today. I would like to ask that those of you who are long-term listeners or those of you who really are gaining something from this podcast, please support me. Um, you can click the link below to donate to the podcast to help me continue uh, making really good podcasts that are improving your English. I'm Ashley Rome. I'll see y'all next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to the Living in English 365 podcast. Be sure to check the description below for all resources and links. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and share this with your friends. Paradigm English.